you're you're a black man and in the CrossFit world. What is that like? You know, we we talk about all the time that there's a lack of diversity uh, and inclusion, and so much so that the new CEO has created a a team to look into that. How did that feel as being a black man in the CrossFit world? Scott, I like it. You get right into it. Uh, so it's so first and foremost, I'm just a black man in or black person in America, right? So I, I'm already like very well aware of what Americans like, right? And this is people get political. I won't. I just understand that there's certain biases. Okay. Now, the gym in my head was always my happy place, right? Where I could escape the biases, okay? And then Glassman said what he said. So he brought it to my doorstep. In partnership with The Morning Chalk Up and part of The Morning Chalk Up Podcast Network, this is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am your host and the Clydesdale. My friends are Amy Radowski, Charlie Odie, and Kat Shear. We are here to bring you the best interviews with the biggest personalities in the fitness world and CrossFit from all over the world. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and write a review. It's such a big help to our podcast. And with that, we're on to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. RX Mark Your Jump Ropes, the best jump ropes in the business our title sponsor and such great support from them. You can get your RX Smart Gear jump ropes by going to rxsmartgear.com. At checkout, use Clydesdale 15, all caps, and you can get 15% off your order. Uh, you can buy jump ropes of any color, shape, size, uh, the handles, you can make those whatever you want. You can get the cable at different weights um, and different lengths depending on your height. So check it out at rxsmartgear.com. Use Clydesdale 15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. That does exclude new additions, new arrivals and special editions, but check that out. Uh, it's a great deal. In addition to that, they're also supporting our hashtag road to a thousand. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast, and you have a public profile, every time we hit the century mark with subscribers, we're giving away a brand new RX Mercury jump rope. And Dave Newman, the owner of the company, has promised to throw in a couple extras uh, for that winner. So make sure you go over, subscribe, and uh, you have a public profile, and you may be our next winner. Hey, everyone. I got a secret to tell you. There's this really cool company out there called Element 26. We have partnered with them, um, and they have some of the coolest equipment on the market for us CrossFitters, lifters, um, strongmen. Uh, so one of the products they have is thumb tape. It is like the best thumb tape on the market. It is flexible and it moves with you, um, and it is very tacky and sticky. So great thumb tape. Another one of the products that I use and I love are their grips. They are chocolate grips. They are rubberized. And I'm a Clydesdale, right? I'm big. This helps me stick to the bar. I don't move. I can hang for a very long time as a big man with these on my hands. Uh, great for farmer's carries. Um, even my hands are big enough. I can even use these on a barbell if I want to deadlift. Just saying. No chalk, super sticky. Gotta love them. Uh, their website is element26.co. 
That is element26.co. Go check them out. So many cool products. We're going to keep showing you what they have over the next few weeks, but you have got to check this place out because they are constantly innovating um, and see what they have to offer. Um, little hint, check out the belts. They got a really cool concept with the belts. Um, you know that Velcro that always pops? They have a solution. So go check that out, element26.co, element26.co. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Switzer. I'm your host. I'm the Clydesdale. We love to do fitness and I'm with my friend, my friend Bern Prince uh, with CrossFit Invictus. He is a coach there um, and we're going to get to know him a little bit better. And then eventually what we're going to talk about today is the CrossFit Invictus uh, Invitational. And that is a special event that Bern has been involved with. And we want to learn more about that. But first, I want to learn more about you, Bern. Um, so I read that you started CrossFit in 2007. So you are like OG, out of the womb CrossFit legend, right? <laughs> I won't go far as to say legend. But uh, yeah, I started, uh, I would say this is it, it's not odd now, but I started at a gym with uh, Ben Bergeron. I was a, his co-worker. And he kept talk, talking to me about this like, CrossFit thing. And me being uh, really smart, I said, this sounds stupid. <laughs> and um, he was like, no, no, give it a shot. And I gave it a shot. And I, it's been with me ever since, I'm being honest. So it's awesome. Um, I really like the methodology. Fitness-wise, it makes the most sense to me. So uh, CrossFit has not only provided me with uh, a high level of fitness, but it's provided me my occupation for the last about 13 years. So, yeah. So what, what's your background? Where, where, where did you come from? Where did you live? And what was your athletic background back then? Sure. I'm from Boston. And um, I think like most people, athletically, I was just recreational, right? Um, I played all the sports you can think of uh, and not well, not well enough to get any scholarships. So I just started working out because uh, I say this all the time. You work out for two reasons, sanity and vanity. And for me, it's mostly sanity. Uh, so working out clears my head. And I've always found that when I work out, I'm just in a better space. So it intrigued me so much. I, 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 I took steps to make it my profession. So let, it, let me hear, I guess. Hope that answered your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what was the trigger point that told you that this is what I want to do for my, life, for my living? I don't think there was ever like one big trigger right i think it's uh, one of those things you're just in the gym culture and you're you know basically through immersion right um you're hanging out at the gym you're making friends at the gym it probably is the story of a lot of people um you're finding it's your happy place and then you spend so much time there you're wondering well if i'm going to spend this amount of time there how can i not only enjoy it but uh, make money off of it or yeah make a profit off it excuse me <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, I have a sneezing fit. Uh, yeah, so uh, there was no seminal moment. I think it just happened where I just met a lot of people uh, with similar mindsets. And it just makes sense to me. It still makes sense to me. So did you start in like a global gym uh, doing your traditional fitness? Yes, I'm certified. Uh, I became a personal trainer at what, what they call from where I'm at, a Boston Sports Club. And around 2000, five and six is when the CrossFit boom started happening. 
and like I said, my coworkers were Ben Bergeron, Heather Bergeron. Um, I met some other CrossFit athletes at the time, and at the Globo Gym, practicing CrossFit, and kind of just found out about boxes and did my research, and so it's blossomed from there. Uh, when you wanted to get into the fitness world, did, did you have any mentors that kind of helped guide you, or did you have to learn it all on your own? Oh, that's a great question, Scott. Truth, I didn't have. Uh, I bugged the personal trainer at my gym uh, to an annoying level. I think uh, his name was Bobby. If I ever see him, I, I almost hug. Uh, I would ask him all these questions, and finally, he was like, he gave me three books, and he was like, "You seem interested, and you're bothering the hell out of me. Here are these three books, and figure it out." And I'm one of those people that once uh, it doesn't take much. Uh, the door just has to be cracked open a little bit, and I'll 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 find my way in the room if that makes sense. So uh, I would say mentors are the wrong word, but I've met some really, really, really cool people on my journey. So I feel very lucky that I've met the people I've met and it's brought me here. So how old were you when you decided to go into the fitness world? Right out of college. Right out of college. So, right out of college. It wasn't, um, I did corporate America for a year and, uh, you know, I was sitting and I'm thinking to myself, I'm in a suit, I'm working. They always say you work nine to five, that's not true. You're working like seven to seven, seven to eight. There's no, there's no real breaks. And I was wondering why I was so moody. And the truth is like, I wasn't working out and I wasn't moving my body, which didn't allow me to clear stress. So after a year of that, I was like, the hell with this. Yeah, so, so what kind of, what was that one year? What, were you, what did you study in college and what were you doing in corporate America? Sure. I was an English major and um, I was working at a marketing company uh, in Detroit, Michigan, believe it or not. And just uh, finding myself, if you will. Heck, Scott, if I'm being honest with you, I still, still think I'm finding myself, but <laughs> I think it all up. But, you know, it's like uh, that year, it, it's so interesting you're asking me about that, like one year in corporate America. It was, it was dark for me, for me. I can only speak from my journey, but it was dark. Um, and not to say I don't have dark moments now, but it's a lot better with fitness. So, so you, you're doing the Globo gym thing. Mm -hmm. Ben Bergeron talks to you about CrossFit. Correct. What makes you make the whole swing into, uh, going CrossFit full time mm -hmm. and moving to Invicta, Invictus Boston? Uh, once I find out about something and I'm passionate about it, I go all in, um, and this is going to sound like name dropping, but whatever, it's no big deal. Uh, ben Bergeron opened CrossFit New England, and I met so many different people, Austin Maliolo, Spencer Hendels, Camille, um, but you're not, you're not looking at them as the people you see on YouTube or TV. You're just like, these are the people at the gym. And the more I got to know people like that and others that no one's ever heard of, the more I, it just made sense to me. It was just a good space. Yeah, back then there were no YouTube channels or or, or, you know, CrossFit was still in its infancy. It wasn't in its, not only in its infancy, like probably um, ignorance is bliss. I was too naive to know that some of the people I was working out with were superstars, for lack of a better term. Heck, still, I work, with, work out with superstars in Invictus Boston. I mean, the Invictus brand alone, like I turn around and Steph Chung is there, or I turn around and I was Justin Wright, or I turn around and it's Tola. It's like, it's wild. It's still wild to this day. So it's fascinating. Yeah. So you, when you jumped to Invictus Boston, did you go right into coaching right away? Yeah, I've been coaching. Well, uh, 
Invictus, uh, so I keep saying Invictus Boston because Invictus also has a San Diego location and it has a Seattle location. Uh, we were in Boston, we were Reebok Cross to Back Bay and then we just took over the Invictus name about three years ago. So I've been coaching there since January 12, 2012. Yeah. Wow, okay, so that's a long time. Um, and, and yeah, we've actually had a lot of people on the show that, that have been at your gym, um, like Kelsey Keel for a while and, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you've been with them and then I, I have to ask the question, right? You're, you're a black man and in the CrossFit world, what is that like? You know, we, we talk about all the time that there's a lack of diversity uh, and inclusion and so much so that the new CEO has created a, a team to look into that. How did that feel as being a black man in the CrossFit world? Scott, I like it. You get right into it. Uh, so it's so first and foremost, I'm just a black man in or black person in America. Right. So I, I'm already like very well aware of what Americans like. Right? And this is, people get political, I won't. I just understand that there's certain biases, okay? Now, the gym in my head was always my happy place, right? Where I could escape the biases, okay? And then Glassman said what he said. So he brought it to my doorstep, you know, which I know we'll get into. When Glassman said what he said, I think I got about 45 different messages, right? And Josh Plosko, the CEO of my gym, called me. Can you hear me, by the way? Yeah, here you okay. go. Uh, the CEO of my gym, Josh Plosko, called me and he asked if I was okay. And I was like, I'm fine. And he said, well, Greg Glassman said something pretty racist. And I go, an old rich white guy saying something racist is like another day in my life. So uh, I think he just never heard me talk like that before. So he said, I think you have the opportunity to do something. So uh, I know you're gonna segue into this, but being a black person in CrossFit is like being a black person in America. And when Greg Glassman said what he said, I knew it was time to do something. Yeah. I know that's a long winded answer. Yeah, I think that what, what I find fascinating with your story is here you are, you're, you're a black man in the, in the infancy of CrossFit, with all of these mm -hmm. super surrounded by all these superstars of the game, right? Mm -hmm. And you are different than they are in the way you you look and appear, and yet you still stand tall with them through all of that. And and I think that's admirable. And I think it's the way it should be. And it sounds like that those people didn't treat you any differently than they treated each other. No, well, I, here's the deal, right? And I I've seen some of your journey as well. Um, I think in the, the box is supposed to be the sacred space, right? It's supposed to be where you work out, you share sweat, and no matter what, you you share in the, the pain and suffering. Because, you know, even as conversations go and conversations get awkward, you can always be like, oh, that wad was difficult, right? Like, no matter what, you can find a common ground in that workout. And I think if you sweat with people enough, you get to know what they're truly like, and you find out there's more commonalities than differences, right? Yeah. So for me, I was fortunate where I would sweat with people and they would get to know me no matter what their biases were and no matter what my biases were. And I will say in the last two years, I found that it's not the case for, that's not the same case for a lot of people. So I, 
I've taken it upon myself to do my best to show diversity in the sport. So let's go ahead and segue into it. You created yeah. the um, Invictus Boston Invitational. And that is, that is, you're trying to celebrate that diversity um, and be more inclusive and show that inclusiveness. So I, I'm assuming the trigger point was the Glassman thing, as you kind of alluded to already. Go ahead and give us the details behind that. Sure. Greg Glassman said what he said. And like I said before, uh, the CEO of Invictus Boston called me and asked me if I was okay. And I told him I was fine, that I understand racial undertones. And then he, he was amazing because he said, you know, Josh said to me, he goes, I think you have something to say in this space. And he said, I'll call you back in an hour. And in roughly about an hour, I wrote out soup to nuts uh, across the competition. Um, and it's the, the height of the pandemic. We, we, we know more now than we did back then. It was basically like everything has to be outdoors. Everything has to be masked up. Or it's not safe. So I put together a competition. We put it together in 32 days. And as silly as it sounds, the only caveat was you can't be racist. That was it. And I got, I mean, I had people flying from all over and at their own risk. Um, we had about 180 people the first year show up. We had 20 competitors, 160 spectators, all outdoors. We made it as COVID safe as possible. And it was amazing. And it was, you know, I keep saying, I know the headline is celebrating diversity. The, I wanted to show the sport should be inclusive. And the sport has come a long way, but it still has a long way to go. Um, I mean, you know, you're a fan of the sport like I am. You watch the CrossFit Games. If you looked at the top 20 males, top 20 female, like God bless Guillermo for being there, right? On the female side, pretty white. And, and this is no knock on the athletes. This is what it is. Now, I look to the Masters side. The Masters is 98% white. And I looked at the, the teams, and that's 98% white. So tell me, you're telling me the, the, the past of our sport, the present of our sport, and the future of our sport is all white. They, 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 there's a problem there. So, so you're in the third year of this competition to kind of show the diversity. And mm -hmm. I have to say, I watched the promos mm -hmm. that you sent me that you've used in the past. And I love that, like, I see you. And you took... You took images from the past of um, different ethnicities of athletes yes. competing and doing very, very well. Mm -hmm. And you kept saying, I see you, I see you. And it was such a, a moving uh, a hype video advertisement, um, celebration of, of the black athletes in the CrossFit space. So how can, how can we move forward uh, to give these people more opportunities. I think that, um, so going back to the sport, I think the thing is like the Zalos games and what we're doing, um, we're trying to provide opportunities not only for athletes to compete, but get paid is a huge step in the right direction. Um, my, the competition I run isn't just for black athletes, but I want them, I want people of all ethnicities to know that this competition is a safe space, that I want you to be your, your best self, no matter what you look like. And um, I think we can be better. I know that we're trying that. I know Zalos Games is trying that. Heck, I know the Rogue Invitational is doing that. 
I think if, if competitions, the people that run the competitions make a concerted effort to make it more diverse, that'd be awesome. Behind the scenes, I'm behind the scenes, I'm running a competition. Um, I'm, I've been doing some research, I, I think, and there might be one other person I have to do the research, but I, I'm pretty sure at least two years ago, I was the first black person to run a worldwide CrossFit competition. Like behind the scenes, we have to get better too, uh, from being totally honest. And I know Eric Rose is moving in the right direction, um, but I don't know how fast he's moving. And so I can't wait on Eric. We can't wait on Eric. We have to do our part. So I have, um, so I have a couple of questions for you that are just kind of my thoughts, um, and I want to get your opinion. And that is, one, you know, with the new with Eric Rosa coming in, new leadership, they created the diversity uh, and inclusion council. And do you think it's enough? Um, I I contend we haven't heard enough out of that group and what they're doing, what they're accomplishing. Uh, they've been around for a year, and. I, I have not heard a thing coming out of that group. So, okay. So I'm putting myself in Eric Rose's shoes for a second, right? He inherited a dumpster fire. He did, right? Okay. Uh, so, so now I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, he's like, I'm creating a council. I'm changing it from Reebok to Noble CrossFit Games. I am, right now he's currently doing a tour of Europe. Uh, this happens a lot with race. I think the immediate thing is to like, we created a council. Okay, everybody's happy. Okay, he's addressed the issue. What does the council do? I don't know what the council's done for a year. Um, they put Chandler in front as they should because he's a great face and great ambassador to sport. But what are they doing? Are they, are they checking in with the affiliates and seeing how they can better uh, diversify their space? Are they checking in with owners or people that run competitions like myself and seeing what they can do better. I don't know. Um, so to answer your question is I'm happy it's in place. I, I just wish it would move faster. So you said you're the first black person to run a competition. Has CrossFit ever reached out to you to find out how they can help you with your competition? Yeah. To CrossFit's credit, they reached out and I reached out to them. Um, okay. You know, um, Larry Thomas, who's a great uh, affiliate ambassador, came to the competition last year. I think the, I know that I'm trying to make this a worldwide competition, right? So, and there's no knock on local competitions. I think it's hard for some, some people in the CrossFit space to know the difference, right? Between a local comp and a worldwide competition, especially because I've only been at it for two years. And the first year was put together in 30 days, right? So they've reached out. And I think they're going to, I want to make it so big that they can't ignore it. Okay. Um, so how do we get youth involved? I mean, to make a big change, you have to get youth coming through. And, and I want to ask you, with now the fact that image, name, and likeness can earn you money as a college athlete. Mm. Does that open doors to athletes doing CrossFit as a side hustle? Scott, that's an awesome question. Uh, I answer it in parts. The youth in CrossFit and diversity, I think that Easy Muhammad is doing a fabulous, fantastic job with what he's doing. 
Um, I am looking at present day athletes, meaning, um, you know, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the athletes right now who, you know, like, uh, Malanza Hayes who, and Devin Browns and, um, you know, like, uh, uh, she goes by Instagram uh, handle of what's up and she was third place this year. The athletes now that don't get the love I think they deserve. Um, that's what I'm concentrating on, but how to get the future involved. Uh, not to say that I'm going to leave it up to easy, but I would tell anybody first, second, and third, first person go to easy Muhammad, second person go to easy Muhammad and third person go to easy Muhammad. My, my mindset now is to, those athletes that haven't made the games or trying or haven't met the semifinals and they're close, I want to bring those athletes into my my comp, our CrossFit competition and give them a spotlight. You know, I don't know so, if that helps. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, um, you know, I just was thinking if you have a, a track athlete who, right, you know, needs is starving and is in college and but they're on scholarship. And they could go to a CrossFit comp and maybe take third place and win some prize money. What does that do to show them what they can do in the future? Plus, um, you know, you understand what I'm saying? I understand, look, I understand totally what you're saying. And Scott, if I'm being 100% transparent, I think my first year, I'll go by what I did, okay, or what we've done. The first year was put together, like I said, in 32 days. So there was no prize money, right? So okay. everybody's like, hey, like we're, we're just fired up to do this, okay? Now, I had to run it a second year. And you know, you've been around a lot of prominent people in the game. You can't just give somebody uh, protein powder for winning an event. You know, you have, you have to step up with money. So la last year, I raised money. And I made sure I paid the athletes that hit the podium. Um, I, I want to keep moving forward. And the reason I'm on shows like this and do podcasts is I'm trying to raise even more money. Um, cause I, I am believing that you have to pay the athletes. My point is the more you pay, the higher profile of the competition. Becomes. That's simple. So let's say I'll just throw out a number like five grand, right? Um, if your prize purse is five grand for an athlete, for whatever reason, you'll have the college athletes show up to your competition. You'll have games after show up to your competition. I mean, look what Rogue's doing. You know, with, I think they're providing not only money, but Bitcoin, right? Like, yep. you're, you're going to have your pick of athlete the more money you raise. So what I want to do is I want to raise the money, but I want to make sure that my athlete, um, my field of athletes is diverse. I, I think that's very important. I completely agree. So let's let's get the details out of the competition. Yeah. Uh, so you are going into your third year of the competition. What yes. are the important dates? Are there qualifiers for it this year? Um, what what are the dates of the comp? And how do you get more information? Yes, um, Scott, you're amazing. Uh, by the way, you, I've listened to your podcast. You're really good at this. Um, first and foremost, the qualifier information will come out uh, Halloween this year so um we did a qualifier last year we're going to do a qualifier this year running from basically thanksgiving to january 17th okay. uh, we only put out three wads you can do them as many times as you like if you want we're taking the top 15 males and we're taking the top 15 females uh the the date of the competition is just like last year we do it june 19th every year um for obvious reasons 
Yep. Uh, and last year we had, oh my God, we had 60 athletes and cash prizes again, the top three males, the top three females take home a cash prize. Uh, and we want to, last year we gave away, it was a lot of money. It was uh, $4,500. This year I want to, I want to give away a lot more. Uh, okay. depending on, uh, obviously how many people sign up and we, we, and depending on how many people, honestly, how many sponsors we get and how many people donate to our GoFundMe. So it's that simple. And mm -hmm. if you people that want to find out information, um, just go to my Instagram at burn B E R N K Prince. And I am, I'm an open book. And then where are you going to be? Where are you holding this? Uh, I am going to hold it in the city. Uh, I, I want to make sure we haven't signed the papers yet, but it's basically going to be a gym in the city with an indoor and outdoor rig because Scott, okay. I, uh, you know, what's crazy is we did it the first year outdoors. We did the second year indoors, but I don't know where you are, but you're here in the Northeast. We're still wearing a mask indoors. Uh, so I don't know the COVID situation. So I want to, I want to have a gym that has, can be able to accommodate indoor and outdoor. So uh, it's going to be in Boston. I'll say that. Uh, I just don't want to disclose the gym yet because we just haven't signed the papers. Okay. Awesome. But yeah, it's going to be, um, yeah. I'm, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. You know, the COVID rules changed, it seems like, weekly. It's unreal. So, yeah. One week it's mask mandate. Next week we're okay. Then, you know. So I, I totally understand that. So and, what uh, you I want to make it, is, I apologize for cutting you off. I also want to make it, it's an, it's an event, right? I think of CrossFit as almost, when I look at CrossFit competitions, I look at it as almost like a CrossFit concert, yeah. right? So it's as my duty as a host is to make it safe, not only for the athletes, for the spectators as well. So the reason I wanted to do an outdoor venue is, I just think it's, I think if you want, if you're an athlete and you want your grandmother to show up to the competition, I think uh, it would be behoove me to, make sure that the venue is outdoors. That's all. And so what are the future plans? How, how, how big do you want to get? Um, what, are, what, are, what are the incremental steps you want to take to, to get this to be a worldwide competition? Uh, Scott, if, uh, if, if, uh, my, if I could project my ambition on it right now, I want it to be, I want it to be the Wadapalooza of the Northeast. I want it to be a destination competition. Truth, my my whole mission statement is actually making it a small small time comp with a semifinal feel. Meaning, I'm only doing three wads. I'm not beating up the athletes. I think it's actually more fun to have three wads, the crowd have a good time, and leave at under three hours, like a sporting event should. Okay. Um. So my my big plan is to make it the Wadapalooza of the Northeast, where no matter what, you and your crew come up every year. I'm, I'm assuming you're going to want to lose this year. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to make it where like, you know, it's almost on the calendar. It goes, you know, CrossFit Games. It goes Rogue Invitational. It goes uh, Wadapalooza. It goes Invictus Boston Invitation. Because I, I, I know it can be that big. I also know, and forgive the long-winded answer, but, you know, I've been in the Northeast now since 2007 and the talent in the Northeast alone is wild. Like, you're talking like if you look at the talents coming out of Northeast, we're talking about uh, Katrin, you know, Matt, Kelsey. Uh, the Northeast has enough talent alone to be the who's who. 
of the CrossFit world. And I think that I know for a while, and it's because of COVID, that we have not represented it that way. And I hopefully I can do that. So do you do the programming? Yeah, I do. I, I have fun with it. I, I, I truly, uh, I program. I think I, God bless the people that program every day for uh, the gym. I think that's almost uh, a thankless job. But I think that you in, I truly believe that we're in a space in the sport where you can see the fittest over three or four watts. Also think for the athletes, I mean, heck, what did the games have this year? 15 watts? Like that is a lot and God bless them, but they're also competing for a way bigger cash prize. I, I, I kind of, I, I, I wonder, I, I wonder this every day, if there's a space for a, if I'm named CrossFit athlete, you know what, we'll use Kelsey. If I'm Kelsey and I still want to see my friends and I still want to make some money, but I don't want to go through 10 wads, what is the conversation I, go, I can go to now? And I think mine might be the only one where you know you're going to get three wads, you know you're going to have a crowd, and you know you're going to walk away with some cash if you win, and it won't beat your training up for two weeks. So. I like that concept, and it's something that I really haven't heard out of anyone else is, you know, a typical sporting event is three hours, right? A football game, a baseball game. To have a CrossFit event that's professional that goes the length of a traditional sporting event is a really novel concept, and I think – uh, that could catch on. You know, Scott, I, I, you know, and I, I, I'm assuming you've seen multiple CrossFit events, right? It's funny when, when my, you know, us as people that are fans of the sport, when we go, we can be there all day. But if you, if you ever hang out with somebody that's not into CrossFit and you take them to an event, it's like, okay, the person with abs just had their chest touch the bar. The other person with abs had their toes touch the bar. It's awesome. But after like, five hours they're like you know where's where's the cotton candy where's the you know where's the drinks where's the food like they they want to leave in my head i, I and it worked last year and i i i, I don't want to be get ahead of myself but i believe it's going to work again where you can you can have people show up and treat it like a sporting event i want it to be where even if i want it to be where my friend's six-year-old daughter shows up, right? They show up, they're inspired by the athletes, they get some food, they have some water or a drink or whatever they have, and they understand the sport, they understand the standards, right? Like a burpees, a burpees, a squat, a squat, and they still have a good time. Um, I think the CrossFit Games does a wonderful job of that. You've been to Vendor Village. The Games is awesome, but also is Vendor Village. I think, it's, I think it's like a great time where you walk around and you buy stuff and you get to hang out with people like you and and uh, who's the gentleman that doesn't make Watts great again? He's there doing his podcast. Yep. I think that's, I think that's the essence of what a CrossFit event should be. And I am dating myself. I did, I did, uh, I did a CrossFit sanctioning in 2009, right? And I thought it was wonderful, because we did, we did, Jesus, we did two workouts in a day. Right. And the rest of the day was spent in tents and just walking around and and talking to people. Now, yeah. the sport's gotten bigger. Right. It's on what? It's on television. I forget yes. what channel it's on, but it's huge. CBS. Yep. CBS. So you can't have I understand you can't have that same level of like, a, you know, what the old school people like to say. You can't have that grassroots level. That's fine. You don't need that. There, 
you know, the sport has grown up. But if the sport has grown up, our thinking about the sport has to grow up as well. Meaning how we see it. I see it as a sporting event for three hours where everybody can show up. Awesome. That's grown up. I also see it as like, you know, before Glassman said what he said, we hid from the diversity thing for a while, you know, and I'll put myself, myself included, you know, people would say that sport's not very diverse. And I was, I'm just like, I'm going to put my head down and go, no, it's here. We have to grow up. The sport is still not diverse and it's not, I'm not trying to start, uh, be controversial. Um, if I want to be controversial, I just say the sport's not diverse and stomp around. The sport's not diverse, okay? What are you going to do about it? I'm going to invite athletes of all different backgrounds and I will make sure that they know that they have a place to be welcome. That's awesome, Burton. <clears throat> I want to thank you so much for jumping on with me, man. I think this is a great initiative. Um, and I think I love that you have your, your boots on the ground and you're doing something about it. And, uh, you know, step-by-step step we can make change. Hey, thank you. And, and Scott, I really do appreciate, um, I don't, I know you're going to edit this or how you edit it, but, I, um, first off, I apologize for not having a reception for the first five minutes, but you know, I, I, like you watched my videos, I've listened to your podcast. I think what you're doing is amazing. I think, I think you've only had Clydesdale, this podcast, what, for two years. Yep. And to see like, like you're one of the faces across you really are like, and you know, for me, it's, this is big. Cause I'm, I basically, you know, going into my third year of running competition and to shoot a DM to you and have you answer and be so responsive. Like that goes a long way. I, I think, I think things like this go a long way in making the sport better. Cause that's, cause at the end of the day, we're fans of the sport, man. And, uh, and I want to be able to go to competitions and I want to have athletes get paid. And I want to just have a good time and commingle with people like you. And I believe uh, you co-hosted with Charles, if I'm not yep. mistaken, and uh, I forget the other name, Anna. And I'm sorry if I got the names wrong, but yeah. I think what you're doing is incredible. So thank you. Well, thank you, Bern. And uh, thanks for jumping on. And don't forget to get more information. Check out Bern's Instagram. It's at Bern K Prince mm -hmm. um, on Instagram. Yep. And he has all the details there. Thanks again. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you around, man. Thank you, Scott. I look forward to this. Thank you so much for listening to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends in partnership with the Morning Chalk Up. Please consider giving us a five-star rating and leaving us a review. It really helps our podcast. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.